Good morning. It's a, it's a blessing to be with you this morning. It's a blessing to be together. Thank you for the worship team, for leading us into God's presence. And my prayer is that the Holy Spirit will continue to move. Just continue to move us in worship and in seeking Him and allowing Him to speak to our hearts this morning. You know, as I begin this morning, I, I want to ask you a question. I want to ask you, who here likes, um, and maybe you can raise your hand, who here likes acting or performing? Yeah, there's some of us here, right? Um, we have thespians in the crowd, right? And this is, this is good. You know, maybe you've been part, and even if you're not, right, into acting or performing or getting up on stage, uh, you've been in a part of a school play, right, or a, a performance of some kind, and you enjoy the creativity and the expression. You know, and I saw some of the hands that, that are raised, and it doesn't surprise me because I know that Pastor Corey, you know, I know that Burke and Amanda Brooke and, and others and Eric like, like to express that creativity. And I know that some of you have. I know that uh, Pastor Corey, Darren, um, Inez has been up here before. You guys have done things up here before. Uh, John as well. Um, and, and just expressed your creative gift. Um, and I have a lot of admiration for those who can do that. You know, when I was about eight, I was in the school play, The Wizard of Oz, right? You know, The Wizard of Oz, right? And I didn't have a big part. I wasn't, um, I, I wasn't the, the lion, right, or the tin man or the scarecrow. I was a munchkin. <laughs> now, why I got cast as a munchkin, I have no idea. <laughs> Just the word munchkin makes me cringe. <laughs> um, you know, I had no lines in the play. I had no significant role. My only job was to, like, prance around the stage, right, in this green costume at, at the end with, with some other munchkins. At the, end of the, at the end of the play, when they played the song, Ding Dong, the Witch is Dead. And unfortunately, my costume was just a little big on me. Right? And so while I was prancing around the stage, yeah, oh no, right? I was prancing around the stage, you know, the drawstring came loose, and my pants fell down. Right? And today I think we call that a, a wardrobe malfunction. I had a wardrobe malfunction. You know, and I had shorts on underneath, okay? Not too concerned. Um, but once I realized what was going on, I, I dove behind this, like, this cardboard rock, right, this prop. I had to dive behind it, right? And uh, as they say, the rest is history. Well, after changing schools, changing my name, and moving to another town, <laughs> I got over it eventually. <laughs> um, But that was the extent of my acting career, right? So I have great respect for those of you who can come on stage and express yourself and, uh, and be effective and be a part of a story like that. Play a role and be a part of a story. And I want to come back to this idea of story later in the message because I think in a very real sense, life is a stage. It's an ongoing drama being played out and we're not acting or pretending, you know, as we go about our lives. 
but I think we are playing a part in the drama of life, for good or bad. And I think we'll see this in the passage that we look at this morning. And so uh, we're going to be looking at the Apostle Paul in the book of Galatians 1. And so I'll have you turn there, but let's first pray and ask the Lord to, to speak to us. And as I pray, I'm going to have Daniel Romero uh, come up, and Daniel's going to read our scripture for us this morning. Let's pray. Lord, we want to offer ourselves to you. As Amanda prayed, we just want to give ourselves to you, Lord, because we know you are worth it. And we pray, Lord, that you would be pleased to speak to us this morning, that you would use our words, our thoughts, the meditation of our hearts, and they would be pleasing in your sight, our Lord, our rock, and our redeemer. In Jesus' name, amen. Good morning. I would have probably been right beside you as a munchkin. Uh, <clears throat> luckily, I wasn't in that type of way. So our reading today is in Galatians 11 through uh, 24, and this is basically Paul revealing himself as an apostle. <clears throat> Starting at 11. I want you to know, brothers and sisters, that the gospel I preached is not of human origin. I did not receive it from any man, nor was I taught it. Rather, I received it by revelation from Jesus Christ. For you have heard of my previous way of life in Judaism, how intensely I persecuted the church of God and tried to destroy it. I was advancing in Judaism beyond many of my own age among my own people, and was extremely zealous for the traditions of my fathers. But when God, who set me apart from my mother's womb, called me by his grace, was pleased to reveal his son in me so that I may preach him among the Gentiles, my immediate response was not to consult any human being. I did not go up to Jerusalem to see those who were apostles before I was, but I went into Arabia. Later I returned to Damascus. Then after three years... I went up to Jerusalem to get acquainted with Cephas. I stayed with him 15 days. I saw none of, none of the other apostles, only James, the Lord's brother. I assure you before God that, I, that what I am writing to you is no lie. Then I went to Syria and Cilicia. I personally unknown to the churches. I was personally unknown to the churches of Judea that are in Christ. They only heard the report the man who formerly persecuted, persecuted us is now preaching the faith he once tried to destroy. And they praise God because of me. Another scripture, Ephesians 2, 8 and 9, also written by Paul, says, For it is by grace you have been saved through faith, and this not from yourselves. It is the gift of God not by works, so that no one can boast. In a nutshell, this is the gospel, the good news that we are saved by grace through faith in Jesus' death and resurrection, not of ourselves or anything we've done or could do. It is the gift of God. Here in Galatians, as Daniel read, Paul is defending this gospel of grace. Because people are being taught that they need to follow Jewish customs. They need to be circumcised. And they need to do other things in order to be saved. Which wasn't true. 
So understandably, the, the church and the Christians in Galatia, they were confused. Right? That Paul is trying to correct this, this false teaching here. One other thing that's happening here in Galatia is that Paul's authority as an apostle of Christ is being impugned. Some are questioning his authority, his reputation to preach and to teach and to speak on behalf of the Lord. And so we see Paul defending his calling as an, as an apostle of the Lord. He starts by saying that the gospel was not of human origin, that he didn't receive it from, from man, but received it directly from Jesus himself through revelation. Now that doesn't mean that Paul wasn't familiar with the gospel message. As a Pharisee, his knowledge of the Old Testament, his knowledge of the Mosaic law, his knowledge of the prophecies of the Messiah to come that was extensive, right? He, he knew all of these things because he, because he had been trained up in these things from the very beginning when he was young. As it says, he advanced above others in Judaism, right? He could have gone on jeopardy, right? And he could have wiped the board clean. He would have been like Ken Jennings, right? Wiped the board clean on all these spiritual topics. But he did not grasp the truth and the meaning of the good news of God's grace until Christ revealed it to him. Revelation is like that. God's revelation is like that. The Greek word for revelation is apocalypsis. It's where we get our word apocalypse. Right, which means the removal of a veil so that something can be seen. Something masked or unclear is revealed so that we can see it and we can grasp it. Scripture says that the God of this age, Satan, has blinded the minds of unbelievers so that they cannot see the light of the gospel that displays the glory of Christ. Isn't that the truth when we think about family members or those close to us? They're very much like us. We think the same. We are brought up the same. Right? But they're blinded. They don't have a sense. They can't see God's love. And maybe that describes you. We need revelation from God to open the eyes of our hearts. And it makes sense because the gospel, like Paul says, is not of human origin. It's not a man-made construct. Man didn't invent the gospel message. And you're not going to get it and understand it and grasp it just by reasoning it out or just by philosophizing. I was reading this old opinion column in the LA Times the other day, and it argued just the opposite. It argued just the opposite. It said, God didn't make man. Man made God. Man made God up to satisfy his internal psychological need. And I agree, we have a deep need inside of us. But beloved, God created it. 
God created that space in our heart for him, for us to connect with him. And he reveals himself through his word and through revelation so we can see him and we can receive him. You may have heard this, but the gospel is not taught as much as it is caught. You know, I think part of the blindness to God and the gospel message that we see in our culture today and with young people comes from living in such a modern, industrialized, tech-savvy society where everything around us seems fabricated, seems manufactured, seems man-made. Right? Everywhere we turn, where we live, what we do, what we do for work, how we spend our time, how we entertain ourselves, everything is man-made. And it's like, oh, okay, well, God must not exist because right, man is in control of all of these things. And there's an awakening that's needed by God's revelation to us to see the light of the gospel and display the glory of Christ. An awakening is needed, an opening of our eyes, a tearing down of the veil. In the next few verses, Paul basically shares his testimony. Right? Have you ever had the opportunity to share your testimony? Anyone? Right? Yeah, I know some of you have. You've shared it with one another. You've shared it before the church. Right? And that's, that's a beautiful thing, to share your testimony and your story. If you know the story of Paul, you know that he was first named Saul. Right? He was high in the ranks of Judaism. He was a teacher, a Pharisee, a leader. But he was so zealous for his religion, for the Jewish religion, he ruthlessly persecuted the Christian church when it started to grow and at its birth. He persecuted the church until, and this is his testimony, until Christ knocked him on his butt on the road to Damascus. Acts 22, 6 through 8 says, this is Paul, a bright light from heaven flashed around me and I fell to the ground and heard a voice saying, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? Who are you, Lord? I asked. I am Jesus of Nazareth, whom you are persecuting. On the road to Damascus, the risen Christ, see this is in the book of Acts, this is after Jesus has died and been resurrected. The risen Christ, he blinds Paul, he humbles him, and he reveals himself to him. And it wasn't a dream or a vision. Okay, it was the risen Christ. In Acts 22.9, it says that Paul's traveling companions also saw the light, and they heard the voice, though they didn't understand it. This revelation at that time was for Paul. And this is how Paul received his calling. Paul wants the Galatians to know that he is a true apostle of Christ and that his calling, his message, and his authority came directly from the Lord. The Christian life is about revelation. Right? I don't know if you've ever thought about that, but God revealing himself to us over time is how we grow. 
It's how the disciples grew, right? They walked with Jesus, and they grew as he demonstrated and displayed his love, his mercy, his righteousness, and his miraculous power before them. And the veil is lifted more and more in an ongoing way. 1 Corinthians 13 says that we only see and know God dimly or in part because we don't have this complete revelation. But there will come a day when we will see him face to face and know him more fully. Sometimes, mirac- sometimes revelation comes in miraculous ways, as it did for Paul. But sometimes it's more quiet and more subtle ways, where God awakens you to who he is and what he's doing. All right? That can come, and I think you've experienced it, many of you have, in time of prayer, in time of reading scripture, where you sense, wow, God is opening my eyes to something I haven't seen before. A time of worship where you feel like God is showing himself to me in a way I never understood. That's revelation. And frankly, sometimes, right, sometimes we need, we need to get knocked on our butts in order to wake up and to pay attention. The fact is, is that we don't know when revelation will occur. Paul had no idea what was going to happen on the road to Damascus. The disciples had no idea what would happen when Jesus first called them to follow him. But God is proactive. God is in in search of us. He's seeking us out. He is constantly calling us to follow him. To put ourselves in positions where he can reveal himself to us and show his Show us his grace and his glory. And for us, that may be in a ministry, that may be in in an act of service, in a relationship, or it may be entrusting something important to you and putting it before God and seeing what he does. I believe God reveals himself the more open we are to him. He reveals himself more and more as we are open to him. Our responsibility is to be open to God's revelation. Before Susan Washington left, you guys remember Susan Washington, right? She's only been gone for about a month or so. Before she left, we prayed for her up here, and I distinctly remember her saying how excited she was to go and to serve the Lord and to go to India on missions because she was going to have a front row seat to what God will do. That's the tie between faith and revelation and seeing what God will do. This passage here in Galatians reminds me that God is a God of story. He's a God of story and he's writing his story. The story is not fictional. It's not made up. It has a plan and a purpose, and it's being authored by the king himself. And one of the mistakes I think we sometimes make as Christians is looking at a passage like this 
and not connecting it to the larger narrative in Scripture. There's a larger arc and narrative of what God is doing over history and over time and in the world. And we don't see the bigger picture that God is crafting. The Apostle Paul had a story, right? But for the first 30 years of his life, it wasn't a good one. It was a story of violence, of hatred, of persecution against the church. Then in verse 15, Paul says something pretty astounding. He says that he was set apart by God from his mother's womb. Think about that. Even from his birth, Paul, or Saul, had been chosen by God. And obviously, he was off track for those first 30 years. But beloved, this is the grace of God. This is what it looks like. That as rotten as Paul was, Jesus would reveal himself to him and bring him into his story. Paul's redemption shows the power of the gospel as he transformed Paul from Christ's enemy to Christ's follower. You have a story too. Right? You're writing your story as you live your life. And believe it or not, God knew you from the beginning just like he knew Paul. Psalm 139, 16 says, Your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. See, God has taken out his pen and he has written your story into his book. And like Paul, your story up until this point may be filled with regret. Sins you wish you could take back. Pain that you may have caused someone else. Brokenness from the hardships of life. And you're still carrying these things around. And you may have come today feeling guilty, feeling broken, feeling unworthy, feeling distant from God. But God's word says to you, that you who were once far away from God have been brought near by the blood of Christ. Like Paul, God wants to reveal himself to you. He wants to redeem your past and he wants to fold your story into his. You know, in the remainder of this passage, we see that henceforth God has a plan for Paul's life to take the gospel to the Gentiles. And because we know the history, we know that Paul was faithful to doing just that the last half of his life. This marked a turn in Paul's life. And it can mark a turn in yours. See, God's design for salvation is not just for us to be redeemed and enjoy the fruits of his blessings. That's a big part of it. And that's a beautiful part of it. But that's not all there is. It is then to go and to live for him. He has a plan and a purpose for each of us. This is the ongoing story that he's writing in your life. 
In verse 16, Paul says that God was pleased to reveal his son in him so that he might go and preach the gospel to the Gentiles. You know, church, it's of little importance if Christ is revealed to us if he's not revealed in us. God's revelation to us means nothing if it doesn't make a difference in us. The Bible was written so we could enter into his story. God's call for you is to be a part of his story. For some of you, you have been outside of the story far too long. And God is calling. And the process starts with surrendering to Jesus today. For those of you who know the Lord and the light of the gospel, it means finding and aligning yourself in God's story. Asking him, what is your plan and purpose for me? And then you trust and you obey. God is great. God is sovereign. And he is in control of the narrative. Several years ago, I decided to read through the Bible. Well, straight through, kind of straight through. (laughs) It, It took me almost two years. But I read it through as a storybook. I tried not to, like, think or analyze too much or all of those things. I tried to read it as a story. And what it did for me is it gave me a wider perspective on what God is doing, a better sense of the story he's writing, how he loves his people, how he leads them in holiness and righteousness, how he orchestrates the events around us, and he ties things together for his purpose and his glory. But not only that, I found that I drew closer to God himself. I had a better grasp, I think, of who God is. And then I felt I could understand Romans 8.28 better. Romans 8.28, we quote it a lot, but we need to understand it. And we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him and who have been called according to his purpose, who have been called into his story. Beloved, life is a stage. And the drama of life is being played out every day. And in a very real sense, we are characters on that stage. And for those of you who know acting and know performing and part of being part of a story, part of a play, part of a production, you know that in order to play your part well, you must understand how you fit in the overall story. You must work with the author and the director of life, as well as the other characters, one another. After 30 years, the Apostle Paul, he found his place in God's story. And the story does not begin and end with you. It started long before you came on the scene, and it will continue long after you're gone. 
but you are crucial in it. You are a key part of God's story. What part will you play? What story will your life tell? And when God reveals himself, will you be present and open? Let's pray. As I pray, I'd like to invite the prayer counselors forward. And just to say to the congregation, if you feel like you need prayer, or if you would like someone to pray with, I'd ask you to come forward, pray with our prayer counselors. They would love to pray with you, speak to the Lord with you. Heavenly Father, Lord, you are writing a story, Lord, and we want to be part of that story. Lord, I pray that you would open our eyes, you would unveil whatever is keeping us from seeing, Lord, your story being written and how we can fit in. Lord, I pray that you would speak to us, you would draw us into your story and that you would be glorified, Lord, and that we would be blessed. Thank you, Lord, for this time. In Jesus' name, amen.